0: Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, longtime caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You could see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoHoops when you deposit for our free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Richardi on Mondays, as we are back again covering all the latest fantasy basketball news. We're going to be breaking down the Sunday box scores for Fancy Impact, and we're going to be talking about the top three ads. Uh, that are happening over the course of the week that may be a factor for your season-long fantasy lineups. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh FS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast at thefantasyhoopsinsider.com. The RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, we're not going to be talking about the pigskin Day. We're going to be talking about the four games, the real sports that's going on uh, here, Benny, in NBA action. We're talking about season-long NBA that is approaching the all-star break here. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in. First of all, how's, how did the weekend treat you in the world of hoops?
1: Um, not too bad. I, I won my uh, matchup this week again in my head-to-head league, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, I had a little bit of, I have a little bit of injury stuff going on on my roster. Um, Luckily, Anthony Davis is back because I was thinking he was going to be out for, I don't know, you know, like a week or two with a hangnail or something. He was uh, my first round pick, obviously, this year. So, you know, I figured I'd actually struggle, but I had a lot of other guys that have been doing pretty well. Glad that I got Goran Drogic back too, which, you know, is not something that, a lot of people have said this year but you know it's it's a pretty deep league so the guys that I was streaming underneath him were uh were killing me the last week or two so you know I'm actually happy to see him back so I can plug him in because I was down like it's one thing if you can like you know if you're in a, a league that isn't that deep and you can still pick up like you know maybe like a Norris Cole or something like that but I mean it was it was pretty uh pretty slim pickings you know I had um you know, like T J McConnell the other day and I was like picking up like, you know you know, Patrick Beverly, who was actually pretty good. He he was solid for the last week or two for me. That was a decent pickup. But yeah, happy to have happy to have Drogic back. I, I did well there. Um in my Roto league, which is the other big one that I'm in, um, I gotta start making a few moves because I'm I'm behind in a couple categories and I'm well ahead in a category or two um, you know, compared to the other people around me. So I got to kind of figure out who I can afford, like what scoring I can afford to give up and what guys that can get me some steals or blocks or assists I can add for that and, you know, who needs those categories and who has strengths in those categories. So this way I know who I could offer trades to. So that's basically, uh, you know, what I'm going to be doing tonight is trying to figure out a good trade partner so I can uh, trade some points for some steals or some assists.
2: Uh, pretty interesting here too uh let me get your take on this trade here since we have a light slate uh, to, uh going for i pulled this trade off here just about three or four days ago and um i think this is i'm so basically what i what i'm looking for is i'm sort of behind here in assisted turnover um in this league i'm sitting there in fourth i'm right around the cusp uh you know there's uh, about 10 points separate um you know uh, first through four so it's still striking distance um but the major categories that I really need help in is assist and I'm dead last in assist to turnover. Um and part of this what's killing me is I traded for Tyreek Evans and he's yet to play a game for me. So that's rough. But I'm really there not too far in the mix. Like f- for instance, the guy who's seventh in second place is has an assist to turnover one point five seven, mine's at one point four three. So I went ahead and traded away Paul George, who has an assist to turnover, I think, of one or less. And, uh-huh. uh, along with uh Evan Fournier for Draymond Green, and I went ahead and claimed Mario Hazonia. So your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I like adding the Draymond in. Like, this is something that I don't think enough people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are very few guys that play the power forward spot like he does that can get you assist. Mm-hmm. Just like there are very few guys that play the center spot that can get you assist, which is actually why I'm a huge fan of... Uh, you know, Nikola Jokic, who, um, you know, is like the flavor of the month right now for the last, I don't know, two or three weeks with the way he's been playing. You know, he's a guy that's a good passing big man. You know, a guy like Marcus Saul, if you have him on, his, on your roster, is a good passing big man. So, you know, everybody has guards or, or small forwards. You can always find guys over there that you can add assists for. But when you're also getting, you know, similar points and rebound and block and steal production out of a guy like Draymond, over you know some of the other options at, at power forward, but he's also getting you that big assist number. You know that's something that can really help out your roster. So he's one of those guys that I really like to trade for or to target if you can, if that is the stat that you need.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of where the position that I'm in right now is trying to sort of mine and find uh, as much help as I can from the assist category there as well. The only problem is I'm a little guard heavy um, on my team right now and i don't have any like extra small forwards that i can sort of catch up in games i'm a few games behind now with jimmy butler being injured here uh mm-hmm. for a little bit at the small forward position and i don't have a way to make it up because everybody i have is guard eligible so i sort of have to find a, a replacement for his but i'm fine with you know uh, even though Evan Forney has come back to the lineup and started pretty well i can't win with the roster that
1: i have you know, and now is this is this like a really deep league? Like, whether you know, it's 14, the team? Yes, uh, all right. Is, is Wes Johnson picked up already?
2: Um, uh, let me see here. That's a good
1: question. I'll I mean, I, I like his own, but I mean, if I could have Wes Johnson and you need small forward help, like Wes Johnson's games on the upswing, and I think we'll talk about it because they played yesterday with the Clippers. I, I don't know how he played yesterday, I didn't watch that game. I was watching uh, Sacramento Boston before I started watching the uh. Super Bowl, but um, he's been doing pretty well lately. He
2: is available, the only problem is is he's averaging a half an assistant per game, so I was like, mm-hmm. it, he, he's as Yeah, the, he probably won't
1: help you in the assist department. But, right,
2: that's the problem, is I actually have to go out of my way to find somebody who is a solid assist player at, at the forward position, which is very rare, which is why Draymond Green's so valuable to me because, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, what, t- he's been top 6, 7 in the league, in the league, Assist. yeah total just,
1: total assist yeah like point guards included top six seven
2: yeah which is um, amazing you know should give you a, a giant boost uh overall so something i i sort of really have to go out of my way to try to to try to roster so um i wish i couldn't turn tj mcconnell into a small forward because he'd be like a pretty good example of somebody that could be useful right now but as it is not the guy that i need all right, uh, let's go ahead and get started here with the uh, box score breakdowns. Here, just four games in action for the NBA, and you know they got their uh, games uh, started pretty early. Overall, obviously because of the Super Bowl uh, that was hap- that ha- happened. By the way, congratulations to Peyton Manning. I know he he's an avid listener of this podcast. And, uh, you know, he has a lot of free time on his hand. Uh, So I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that we are happy that he got the win. The one thing I will say about uh, this here is I do actually have a poll going on my Twitter feed there. I don't know if you saw this poll here, Penny. It's, um, by the way, at Josh Hayes FS, And I like to just run a a normal polls when I have questions in my mind uh, about uh, what's going to happen here. Uh, uh, One thing I did say here in this poll was... um, What's the most likely next option for Peyton Manning uh, here? Uh, returns to the Broncos, plays for the Rams, or delivers Papa John's. All right. And right, I'm going to tell you right now, Papa John's is dominating by 87%. So most people think that uh, he's, he could be your next pizza delivery driver, especially in the Colorado area. So if you're out there in the Colorado area and you, you're, you're getting hungry, Peyton Manning could be your guy. Yeah. the Next pizza for you. So
1: I mean, as a gambling man, I would have to assume that Peyton Manning's next stop, because he is a pretty, you know, he, he's got a good personality, and obviously the guy can talk football, and you know, people like him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically whichever pre-game or post-game or halftime show he decides he wants to be on, right?
2: Or um, if he wants it, to go into somebody's front office, uh, yeah. You know. but, yeah. But what you mean? Why would you do that when he's a Papa John's owner? And I think he owns something like thirty something Papa Johns, and you know he he I think I he, I consider him like a hands-on guy who would just sort of be like, listen, I gotta you know I have an investment in this, and now that I'm not gonna play football, maybe I should make sure my customer service level is top-notch. The best yeah. way to do that is just get your hands dirty, start delivering pizzas.
1: Yeah. I, so you so you think Peyton Manning's gonna be flipping pies and putting them in the oven for no, not flipping
2: pies, driving delivery delivering Papa Johns. All right, you get to speak with the customer and hands on get their feedback for how they feel. You don't you think you would be like a lifetime Papa John's owner uh, customer if Peyton Manning delivered a pizza to you? Come on, that's that's great customer service right there. Eighty-seven yeah. percent of Twitter can't be wrong. All right, I just that's. I'll all. tell you what,
1: it would probably you would probably have a ton of people ordering from that particular Papa John's if uh, you know. You think they, be- they thought Peyton Manning was going to drop it off? So yeah, I could see it's probably a good marketing scheme.
2: You think it's a game? You think it's a game? That's what I'm talking about, Benny. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about a real game, actually. Atlanta Hawks uh, at Orlando Magic. You know what? I, when I saw the, how this game ended, did you see how this game ended, by the way, Benny? I did not. Oh, okay. Well, we actually got hosed just a little bit here because Benny and I actually had some action, uh, quite a bit amount of action here. I think we had Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and uh, Vucevic in our lineups that we collaborated on for the Sunday slate. Yes, we are. We yes, we played Sunday DFS on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, that's the answer to that. Uh, but uh, we thought so we were heavily invested on the Orlando side, and this game was all set to go to overtime except for Nikola Vucevic draining a t- like 18 foot turnaround fadeaway fall into the crowd almost jumper to, to win the game. So we were all set to just sort of crush people in GPPs. And, you know, we ended up like barely, 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 barely cashing. Uh, according to Benny. Um, but yeah, I, when I saw how that happened, I was like, oh man, please somebody review that and overturn that. And nope, that was the game winner that sent him. And we actually got monster games. Um, and, you know, We had a nice double-double with Ooh. four blocks out of Aaron Gordon and Fournier and Victor Oladipo. So we might as well, um, we didn't play Oladipo, but let's go ahead and talk about this box score here and uh, how you feel about these guys for season-long purposes and uh, you know what we can sort of learn for, about their fantasy value.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that I take away the most from Orlando is they have a very short rotation that they roll with. And what I mean by that is um, Tobias Harris was out for this game. They basically have six players that they're comfortable playing, you know, big minutes for. So with um, Tobias Harris out in this game, you got 32 minutes from Alfred Payton, you got 44 minutes from Oladipo, you got 35 minutes from Vucevic, 34 minutes from Aaron Gordon, and 42 minutes from Evan Fournier. Now, that basically means that you had 14 minutes from Hazania, 14 from Channing Frye, 13 from Jason Smith, nine minutes from Shabazz Napier, and that's it. So the thing that I take away from this the most is that, you know, if any one of these are land, we saw this a little bit earlier in the season two when uh, Oladipo was out. You know, it was basically just Harrison there at the three and then, and then 48 at the shooting guard spot. But anytime any one of these guys is out, the other five of them that are left, Tend to play just absolute huge minutes. They can rotate their these five guys in and out pretty well because you could play Harris at the three or the four. You know Gordon at the three or the four. Vucevic is really the one piece that you don't really have anybody to rotate with. He's their only center. But like Forte can play the three or the two. You know Oladipo can play the two or the point guard, and then Alfred Payton is always the point guard when he's in there. But the, those guys can rotate in and out. So the thing I take away from this is. If you want anybody on Orlando, those are the only six guys I would look to target. And as long as any one of them is out, I think the other five all need to be in your lineup because they're all going to play just huge minutes. And again, you know, every one of these guys put up some decent numbers. You got uh, 48 at 21 points, added a couple other stats. You had a double-double from Aaron Gordon at 11-13. You know, Vucevic had 22-9. and nine. Oladipo had 19, 5, and 3, and then Peyton had 12 points, 12 assists. So whenever one of them is missing, the other five guys definitely are all at play and definitely need to be guys that you start. Um, So if you hear that there's any injuries for the season with any of the guys in this Orlando team, you know, one of those top six, I would think that that gives a bump up to everybody else that you have or that you want to go get, um, you know, of the guys that we just mentioned. But other than that, I don't think even Hazania, who's the one, guy that's, like, on defense, I still don't think he does enough for me to want him on on one of my teams.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there as well, so just you you need a certain level of consistency from him, and just for him to sort of, you know, disappear in this game. did play 14 minutes, but, you know, if he's a guy who's like a poor, poor, poor man, Jamal Crawford. If he doesn't get the scoring going for you, you really aren't going to get much else, and -hmm. he's definitely less consistent as a rookie, so uh, you know, that's the way I look at that, and then we're still on the whole, uh, you know, Jeff Teague, Dennis Schroeder watch, here in terms of you know waiting for one of these guys to get traded. Uh, Jeff Teague you know plays thirty minutes and had a, uh, a monster game. Shooter to me is like another guy who could be back into a buy low candidate character territory after this game. Only thirteen minutes and, and scored six points, one of seven. People may be sort of like losing some level of hope that Teague hasn't gotten traded because hmm. he was you know they mentioned it and then nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I still think it's definitely happening somehow. And yeah, if you I- go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say I think right now for me because Teague has been playing more minutes, like you know, pretty consistently lately and playing pretty well. So I think for me the thing to do with with Shooter, like I wouldn't trade for him right now mm-hmm. because you're basically banking on either him or Teague getting traded in order for him to get value. Because as long as Teague's healthy, I still think Teague is the one is the I'd rather have Teague than Shooter. I guess is what I'm saying, um, and I think that. People are overvaluing him right now, on the thought that well, Teague's going to get traded. But until that actually happens, I don't think Schroeder really has much value. Like he's not a guy. He's a guy I wouldn't mind having on my team if I can stash him on the bench if I had bench spots. But he's not somebody that I want to be rolling out there on a you know consistent basis by any stretch.
2: Right. Exactly. So I think we sufficiently covered that game overall. Not too much. Too too much that's surprising in terms of. What's happening with the rotation? Yeah. The only thing we really need to now, pay attention to is whether or not Tobias Harris makes it back into the lineup, and that's something that could yeah. directly affect Aaron Gordon's value and and definitely to a larger extent, Evan Fournier, who who was second in minutes with almost forty three minutes uh, in this in this game here.
1: Yeah. Now Bazemore had a pretty good game here again too, and he's had a couple of them lately. How um like how much stock do you put in what Bazemore's is doing going forward? Like you know, do you think? He's a guy you'd you'd rather have, like, more or less than maybe, like, a, I don't know, like a like a Jake Crowder at small forward or maybe, a, like, a Luau Dang. Like, you know, how how high up the small forward list, you know, do you think Bazemore is? And do you think this scoring and stuff is consistent, like, you know, something that he should be on your radar in a, you know, maybe not in a 10-teamer, but maybe a, definitely a 12-team, 14-team league? I think he
2: should be owned in twelve-team leagues and above, but I don't really trust him more than Jay Crowder personally. But if you take a look at what happened here, Paul Millsap and Al Horford both struggle from the field, and then Ooh. they only got Corver ten shots for whatever reason. Corver has been basically a, a dud all season long, so I don't expect Millsap and you know um, uh, both Horford together to combine for ten of twenty-nine overall. We know that these guys are are much more quality scorers uh, than that overall, and that's sort of where. It, Basemore came in he was the hotter hand between the 3 and ended up getting more shots along with Jeff Teague he doesn't normally get 17 shots he doesn't normally get more shots than Millsap and Horford so i don't think it's really like something you can bank on it's something he's just like a, been a, like an ebb and flow guy all season long so and i expect that to just sort of be the way that it is uh the rest of the way going forward ownable playable startable i still trust Jake Crowder a little bit more because he does the, the the little things that you like like rebounding steals you know assists blocks contributes on a on a larger overall level you know um, than than Kaiten Baez in, in my opinion that's just my personal preference though so I could I could be wrong it could do, it could end up the other way they're close enough in that in that spot but you've you tell me I have to choose one I'm choosing Jay Crowder all right let's
1: understand. go ahead and,
2: sorry w- would you say the same thing
1: no yeah I I would I actually kind of agree like I you know I, I'm Kind of on the fence about him because I actually got it offered that exact trade, which is why I threw it at you. Um, you know, I have Crowder right now, and they got, the other guy offered me baysmore Mm-hmm. And I was—I've been kicking it around, but I think I'm actually going to stick with Crowder myself.
2: All right, fair enough. It's uh, a good, uh, good plan. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next box score that we have on tap here, Benny. We're talking about the Denver versus New uh, New York Knicks game. Denver ends up, uh, you know, a close matchup there, gets the win. Uh, to, now they're they're now 21 and 31. When they win 101 to 96, uh, Carmelo Anthony and Kristaps uh, gets get a ton of shots. Both score 21 points, but both very inefficient from the field. Uh, overall, Chris uh, Carmelo Anthony continues to surprise by moving the ball. Seven assists in this game with six rebounds. On uh, this matchup, though, um, Robin Lopez a little bit disappointing for the minutes he got. And only uh, played almost thirty minutes, but comes up with five and five with three blocks. You know, and actually on the other flip side, of that you were hoping for a little bit more of Nikola Jokic. It's a guy that we also had some shares of in DFS yesterday and didn't kill you with 13 and, and 6, but no assists in that matchup there, and only 18 minutes was a little bit rough there as well. Joffrey Lavernier, for whatever reason, ended up playing you know almost 29 minutes. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about what you're doing with the Denver situation because I think it's the most interesting. I don't think there's really anything uh, for us to learn from uh, 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 on the New York Knicks side except for Lansing Galloway. It's back in his six-man role, and Jose Calderon's back in the starting lineup. Uh, But what's happening here at Denver is the reason why I've avoided getting exposure to Jokic for season for DFS. And and I've sort of given up on trying to figure out the Denver rotation for season long, which which means I've dropped both Jokic and Lavernier in different spots and Nurkic, by the way. Yeah, because I just, you know, every time I think I have the starter, it's somebody else pops up with more minutes like Lavernier in this matchup. So let's go ahead and talk about how you what, what, what you make of the Denver situation.
1: Yeah, for me, I think Jokic to me is clearly the one big that I would want to own. Um, I wouldn't even touch Nurkic, whatever his name is right now. Um, and Lavernier to me, I think that this just happened to be a game where the Knicks went a little bit smaller, um, where they had Kristaps playing at the at the center spot, and Lavernier is a little bit of a better matchup against um, Porzingis than I think Jokic was, which is why I think you know his minutes were so low. But Jokic has put up some really big numbers lately. You know, this was like the first good game from Lavernier in a while. But Jokic can add in some assists to you when he's going well. He can get you to double-double. He can block a shot or two. Um, so if I'm taking any of these big guys, he's the one that I would like on my team. I'm not going to let this one, you know, bad game, tough spot that he had kind of pushed me off him because he had a couple games where he was, I mean, last week he had a game where he went nuts. I think he had like 20 something and 15 boards or something crazy like that. So I definitely think there's upside there for him. He's the guy that I like the most. Um, even with guys like, you know, Darrell Arthur being out getting some more minutes at a, at Kenneth Farid. And we know that he can be like a, a rebounding monster when he, um, you know, when he has a chance to. So he's another guy that I'm looking at a little bit. Uh, uh, I also think Will Barton's been getting some more time and, and putting up some more shots. I actually saw that that surprised me. Do you know that he is one of, I think he's top four or top five in the NBA for fourth quarter shot attempts?
2: No, I didn't know that. But, I, you know what, that's uh, that encourages me because I still think Will Barton is the best player on the Nuggets. And I still mm-hmm. don't like how he's being used
1: uh, overall, yeah. you know. I mean, G- Gary Harris is actually somebody who is viable, He hasn't really put up big numbers, but this guy's getting 35 to 40 minutes. It seems like his minutes are incredibly safe. I don't know why they haven't tried Barton and Gallo on the floor at the same time more often. Um, I guess they just like having Barton as the gunner with the second unit. But, um, you know, to me, oh, and you know what? Another thing that we got to discuss here. What if I told you that Emmanuel Moutier played 32 minutes and didn't have a turnover?
2: I would call it, you know what? I would call you like a stone cold liar or I would say that um the statisticians made a, a a mistake. You know what I mean? But you know what, it doesn't surprise me as much as you norm as it normally would because Jose Calderon um does not is not a guy who um is ever known for like getting involved in defense or you know playing passing lanes or anything else like that. He had 5 fouls in this game, which is um, embarrassing against Mudie. So Ooh. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's a, that is actually a crazy stat because he's been a, like I think leading all rookies in turnovers basically the entire season. So.
1: Yeah, I mean if he could get the turnovers under control, 15 points, nine assists, four rebounds, you know that those are some really good stats for a guy that you know you can get for kind of cheap in a trade. You know he may even be on considering that he was hurt for a little while. He might even be on like a, a waiver wire or two, depending on how deep and how active everybody in your league is um so you know he he's somebody to keep an eye on I do agree with you it's a very soft matchup so I don't want to say like oh he solved his turnover problems because he did have Jose Calderon on the other side but he's been playing pretty well over the last couple of games so Moody if he's available in any leagues that you're in um if you need some point guard help I think that he's gonna be a decent option going forward
2: yeah I can see that as a potential uh guy that maybe for the second half sort of matures a little bit and you can uh, you know, make a turn for the the better because he's sort of been pretty disappointed with what he's given us so far. Um, so maybe he's figured something else out a little bit about his game and, you know, the, the, the I haven't really figured out the shot selection just yet because he's shooting six threes and was six of 18, but maybe he's figured out how to be, you know, a little bit more smarter with the ball because nine assists and zero turnovers is actually something you definitely would like from him. All right, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move on to the next box score that we have. And this is Sacramento versus Boston, a little bit of a barn burner here. Overall, they put up what? Over 250 points. This is, or all close to it, anyhow. Um, you know, Sacramento Kings can't get out of their own way. Marco Bellinelli is an interesting player because he actually had the second most shots uh, overall. Um, the, the Sacramento Kings have also committed to starting him for the next uh, two of the four games. They said they were going to start him for the next four games overall. So he's in the starting lineup. Van Mackmore has, has a sprain right wrist, so he's not a threat uh, either way. Uh, But let's go ahead and talk about the box score on either side of this here and what we can learn for fantasy value.
1: Yeah, um, for starters, I think, you know, we saw Boston put up a huge game here against Sacramento. We saw Brooklyn the other day put up a huge game against Sacramento. So for season long, what I think everybody needs to realize is if you see, you know, opponent, you know, and it says SAC or at Sacramento, um, I think you basically just take all those guys and put them in a game at this point. Because you're basically getting production and, like, big-time production out of everybody who's going up against them. And it doesn't really matter what position. You know, like, the Nets are a team where their forwards and their center, you know, they're basically their front court players or their higher-usage guys. So when the Nets played them, you saw guys like Brook Lopez and Joe Johnson and Dad Young all go off against Sacramento. The Celtics usually get a lot more of their production out of their backcourt. And in this game against Sacramento, you saw guys like Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley, you know, wind up being the guys that that kind of, you know, went off for their team. You know, even guys like Evan Turner and and Marcus Smart in the minutes that they had off the bench, you know, had some pretty robust stat lines, you know, five rebounds, four assists, eight points, 11 points, nine assists, four rebounds, you know, and that's off the bench for these guys in like 22, 23 minutes. So I think anytime you have a guy who's a high usage guy on his team going up against Sacramento, you pretty much want to make sure you you have that guy active that day. So it's it's less about like you know who who I what I learned from this game as it is about you know what I learned about playing guys against Sacramento with the numbers they've been putting up lately. Uh, with Boston's front court, you know I I don't really know how to go here. You know Sullinger gets some good minutes in this game. You know, some games we get a lot of minutes from Amir Johnson. Some minutes we get a lot of, you know, Jay Crowder's minutes are actually pretty safe. So he's somebody that's okay. But, you know, he's losing some minutes to Evan Turner. You got Tyler Zeller come in with 22 minutes in this game, and he hadn't been playing at all. He's still getting 20 minutes out of Olenek. So for me, the guys on Boston I'm looking at are pretty much in the backcourt. You know, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, maybe even Marcus Smart is probably my three favorites for them. And then on the other side for Sacramento, I love your call with Bellinelli. I know that's your team, so I, I kind of let you handle them. But you know, Bellinelli has been playing more minutes. He had one bad shooting game the other day, but the other games he's played around there have been pretty solid. So I think he's worth an add. My problem is, like you said, you know, is this just a short-term thing? When Mclemore comes back, are they going to be splitting minutes again? Is Mclemore going to be starting again? You know, I think Bellinelli actually the better option for them, but. You know, do they think Bellano is the better option for him is really the question. Um, Um, Willie, yeah, go ahead.
2: Sorry, I I was going to quickly answer your question, but go ahead and finish your wrap-up, and then I'll just... um,
1: Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I was going to say is, like, you know, if you have Cousins, you know you're playing him. With Rudy Gay out now, you know you get a little more out of Caspi, and you get a little more out of Willie Coley-Stein. You know, so those guys guys are decent options. I like Willie Coley-Stein um Darren Collison probably the most of some of these guys coming off the bench for them now and I think they're viable options if you're in like a 12 team or above I think they're they've done enough now to you know warrant being rostered there so that's pretty much it that wraps it up for me
2: all right yes uh fair enough so yeah I think the really only thing to note here is as long as Ben Makamar's out Marco Belnelli is going to be uh the guy that you should add and he's definitely a better three-point shooter than Darren Collison although he's been on a terrible streak. In terms of actually hitting th- hitting threes, and he's taking he, he's taking like one or two bad threes every game too, which which sort of uh, hurts you as well. Um, the other disappointing thing here is Willie Cauley Stein. You really want him to rebound more than he has overall. Uh, you know he's been. Uh, active on the defensive end. And, you know, it's definitely a guy that you can still own and you love the field goal percentage because he takes nothing but high percentage shots and will pass everything else that isn't that. So you love that. And, you know, but aside from that, you know, you want him to be more of a rebounding factor than he has been as of late um well Rajon Rondo had a very strong game there once again no surprise there as well James Anderson although he's starting is not a guy that you want any exposure to Omri Caspi almost played 30 minutes with Rudy Gay out of the lineup who's battling an ankle injury so it looks like it's not serious but he has missed the last two games so that's really the only thing that you need to know and then Darren Collison has been a guy that you can definitely own uh, hasn't been do- doing a ton of assisting. He's been trying to sort of embrace the six-man scoring role and doing it pretty effectively. So Caspery and Darren Collison are both guys that you can sort of own off the bench and make a case for in season-long or DFS. But aside from that, you don't really don't want anything else. And then the same, sto- same old story here from, uh, although Jay Crowder, we endorsed him over Kent Bazemore. He had a little bit of a down game. But, you know, Jared Sunder was on such fire uh, along with Avery Bradley, who scored 25 points, which is no surprise against Marco Bellinelli's defense. you know, And you know Isaiah Thomas is going to get his volume. And then the rest of that I'm not messing around with. I know Marcus Smart played 28 minutes, but he's not really doing enough Overall, for me to be terribly interested in, unless you're desperate for assist help, and you know, uh, good good luck figuring out you know how how many times you can you know hit Peter with Jared Solinger in 23 minutes of action or Amir Johnson. Same sort of thing. I don't want to sort of guess between him, those two, and Linux and Zeller. Uh, <coughs> which day it's 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 going to be a good day for them to own because every day is, is a different day and it's a different level of production and not enough minutes. Just like the Portland situation. All right, we can move on to the final game here. L.A. Clippers at Miami. L.A. Clippers end up pulling out this game, although Chris Paul had a very bad first half and and uh, shook it off to, to um, sort of save the Clippers with 22 points and seven assists. Only shot an eight of 23, but, you know, it's really non-typical of him overall. Um, anything that we can learn on this side for either uh, matchup uh, before uh, we move on to the top ads for, um, excuse me, this Monday?
1: You know, the one thing that that I have noticed and tried to take advantage of a little bit with the Clippers, you got Austin Rivers out for the next month to month and a half. So if you look at this roster, you know, they started Paul Pierce and Emba Mute. Neither one of them are really scorers. You know, DeAndre Jordan is a useful fantasy player because he can get you rebounds and blocks, but he's not a big scorer either. So Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, and Jamal Crawford, um, and to a, to a little bit of a lesser extent, I guess Wes Johnson as well could be included in there. These are the guys that are actually putting up the points right now for the Clippers. So as long as Austin Rivers is out, I think Jamal Crawford, the fact that he comes off the bench, people kind of discount him, but he's playing 30 something minutes a game at this point, and he can get you, you know, 15 points a game. Doesn't do a ton else. Neither does J.J. Redick. They don't do a ton in the other assist, rebound, steals, blocks categories. But these are guys that are useful, you know, pieces that you could add to your team if you have, like, some bad shooting guards that, you know, you want to upgrade from. I think the minutes for both of these guys is going to be safe as long as Rivers is out. And I think that, you know, Chris Paul, Redick, and, uh, you know, Crawford are going to be the three guys that are carrying them until they get back, you know, uh, another score, like maybe a Blake Griffin or something like that.
2: Yeah, I yeah I could see that there as well as somebody that you can sort of try to you know make some some quiet hay, uh, you know, off the, off the bench there. With you know, I like Jamal Crawford, I like West Johnson, and those are the two people I really trust on a uh, serious level and then on the other side of that just uh, si- same old business J- J- just was still getting 26 minutes doing some rebounding but knowing no scoring Jared Green played 28 minutes but didn't score a ton either Jared J- godrogic back which is you know good for corndrogic owners but bad for everybody else overall I mean but Bosch and um, Dwayne Wade don't tell them they still got their combined 37 shots uh, over, yeah. which is pretty interesting.
1: Well, I actually I actually do like Al Dang a little bit. He's back from uh, being injured. People don't really talk about him, but he's had put up a couple pretty solid, you know, decent stat lines, and small forward's a tough position. He had 15 points, 8 rebounds, and an assist in this game. So, you know, that's really solid for a guy who's probably on your waiver wire right now that you can pick up, and I don't think that that's a game that's very out of character for him. Like, I think you're going to get you know, 10, 12 points out of him, I think you're going to get four to six rebounds a game, two to three assists a game, and a steal or a block, which again, aren't great numbers. I'm not saying he's the guy that's going to win you your league, but if you got hit with the injury bug, or, you know, if you just have some guys on your bench, maybe, that are underperforming, um, I like Al Dang, and I think his minutes are a lot safer than a lot of other guys that you know, I know are higher on than he is right now.
2: All right, I think mean, that's fair enough. All right, so let's rapid fire this really quick here. I'm going to take a look at the um, the this the top three ads, and you can say yay yeah or nay, 10 team, 12 team, 14 team only, or I, I don't want this guy. Okay? Uh, first guy is West Johnson. This is the top four. Okay? They added in 330 um, leagues, dropped in 425. Um, 10, 12 team, 14 team, or nay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to be a pretty deep league, but to me, he's definitely the best of the forward options that you have on the LA Clippers right now, which, again, is not saying a lot, but I would rather have him over guys like Paul Pierce or Mute, who are starting. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, definitely 14-team, 12-team. It's kind of on the border. 10-team, I still don't think you're getting enough production for him to matter.
2: All right, fair enough. Next guy up here is Patty Mills. 571 ads, just 21 drops. Um, plays twenty two minutes um in the last game it's played twenty one or more in four of the past five
1: yeah I just don't think there's a lot of upside there with him um if anything, maybe in a fourteen team league he's he's a viable guy, but other than that, i mean even then if you're starting patty mills in a fourteen team league, you're probably not winning it you know if he's like i i mean i'm not i'm just being honest you know there's not a lot of upside there mm-hmm. he's probably a guy that I would have as like my you know second or third guard off the bench in a 14-team league is probably about where I see his value being.
2: All right, fair enough. Uh, maybe a potential like DFS stream as a cheap uh, cheap option. Uh, and speaking of DFS, uh, if you want to get be, be a part of the action, you can join in all season long at DraftKings.com, the official Daily Fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. So with Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster, play whenever you want, and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. that's promo code Roto-Hoops at DraftKings.com Alright, let's go ahead and jump in with the last two ads. Number two ad on the board right now 839 ads, just 104 it drops. Tyler Zeller, who had a nice strong game, 17-7, has played uh, 20 minutes or more in three of the past four games, and had a double-double four games to go against the Knicks.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm not really messing with that Celtics backcourt because they're all healthy right now. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Selinger, you have Zeller, you have Olenek, you have Amir Johnson. A- and the thing is, you know, we've seen Brad Stevens kind of go on a whim and, you know, give this guy 30 minutes for a week or two in a row, and then that guy 30 minutes, and then the guy that played 30 last week is only playing 18 now. So, you know, I don't really feel like, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I Zeller's been putting up some decent numbers over the last week or two, which is why I think people want him. Um, maybe in a 14 team as a big man that you're stashing on the bench. Mm. But I just don't think there's enough safety and I don't have enough clarity with anybody on the Celtics front court for me to want any of them. You know, if I'm taking any of them, it's going to be Selinger followed by Olinic. Zeller would probably even be below Amir Johnson on my list. All right, fair enough.
2: Um, and the last thing that we'll mention here, Jared Bayless, 1,554 ads, Uh, Has played 24 minutes or more in the past four games. And um, back-to-back, nice scoring performances, seven threes in the past two, 15 and 16 points, and uh, five assists in two of the last three.
1: I mean, you know Jason Kidd really likes him. So with the – you know, I don't think he has the same value that he had earlier in the year when, like, you know – michael carter williams was out and he was starting at the point and playing like 28 to 35 minutes a game but i think he's probably still viable 12 team 14 team definitely maybe as like a bench player in a, in a 10 team league you know he gets his points when he's in there he does put up some stats and you know jason kidd likes him so he's going to see his minutes and i think his minutes are pretty safe so i do think he's somebody that you want to you want to take a look at and have on some of your teams
2: all right. Fair enough. And that's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget, the show is online on iTunes and Stitcher five days a week. Uh, stay tuned for Tier Trainer holding it down uh, as the primary host, uh, I think, the rest of the way uh, going forward here this week. Uh, I'll be here with him on Wednesday. You can check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Check me out on Twitter at Josh FS, and it's at Rotowire for all your season-long and DFS fantasy basketball needs and for every sport. Uh, as well, including, including the, the new Fancy Baseball uh, magazine, now available, I believe, um, in stores any day now, if not already available now. So check your local supermarkets. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.